Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today with Mary Ottman, and we are going to give you some hope for the holidays. We're going to give you some tips and tricks and techniques from from two women who've kind of done it all. I mean, between Mary Ottman and myself, I think we have, let's see, we've got multiple marriages, a couple different divorces. We've got kids. We've got stepkids. We've got half kids. We've got... I don't know. We got dogs. We got, you know, we got a mess with Maple Leaf Garden. We've got just about everything under the sun, including uh, 80-year-old kids living in the house. I care for my 84-year-old father after my mom died. So all these things that affect us in our lives also make the holidays a specific challenge. You know, Mary, when I was single, all I had to do was show up at one of my siblings' houses and let them deal with it. Now that I'm the mom and I have the kid and I actually have the two kids and I have my dad and then I have the kid's step-parent and the step-brothers and the, you know, it's a lot. And I think most families today have some sort of complication and it's just, it's not like the postcards. It's not like the Christmas cards. It wasn't supposed to look this way. (laughs) I agree. We have all got that Norman Rockwell picture of the holidays. And I think Norman, Norman's the only one that had that vision of the holidays, I think. (laughs) Well, yeah, I think it had to be in his head because, you know, the dog is just always sitting there. Like my golden retriever is half on the table trying to get the chicken leg. My little one's unscrambling around the floor looking for anything anybody dropped. I mean, they're just, it just, and I think um, the intention of going into the holidays is so important. Like I know we've got a lot to cover and a lot of ground to cover, but When I was younger, I had this vision in my head for the holidays and I would, it was driven a lot by like magazine pictures. You know, you see that beautiful tree and all the wrapping papers coordinated. (laughs) Exactly. With those big, beautiful bows that I somehow genetically, I can't do that. (laughs) I have to outsource my bows. And, you know, and, and, you know, to add further fun into my holiday mix, we have, um, my my one family member is married to a Muslim. I was married to a Jew. My family is Catholic. I've got Jewish family, Catholic family, born again Christian family. I mean, you name it. Oh, that's well, that and made my, you get to go to everybody's celebration, right? Well, <laughs> it's a bad thing. <laughs> it's well, it's a good thing in some ways. My dad always says our holiday tables look like the UN. Um, <laughs> that's but awesome. it's a if the holidays line up nicely, like when the calendar does its job and we don't have any conflict, that's good. But when you're dealing with all this stuff, it kind of, I don't know. I used to start out with, I'm going to make this look like a memorable Christmas. Now, like 14 years into parenting and single parenting and handling my dad and all this stuff, I'm just looking to survive it. <laughs> exactly. With not too much credit card debt. And, you know, not too many pounds hanging around afterwards, you know, just try to get through it <laughs> and get to the January resolutions, right? 
Oh my God. Or just, yeah, I guess through the new year. I mean, like, oh. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, I, you know, so I had a, uh, a childhood where Christmas was a, a, we didn't have a lot of money, but Christmas was a lot of fun. You know, my grandfather would go outside and he was from Louisiana. I don't know if this was a Louisiana thing or what, but he had these jingle bells and he would shake them underneath the window and we go, Oh, it's Rudolph, you know? And, and that meant while we were outside looking for Rudolph, they were putting the Santa presents under the tree. I don't know it. I don't know anybody else that had that tradition, but that was ours. And, uh, you know, so you grow up with Christmas being a certain way, and I did grow up with my grandparents, but it still felt like a family Christmas, and now, you know, everybody's got just such a different family situation, including, you know, myself, it's definitely changed across the years, so, you know, basically Christmas, the beauty of it is that you can make it whatever you want it to be, and the, the you know, the nostalgic part is, you know, the, with you know, I've been divorced twice. It's, it's never going to be again, like, you know, that, that little Norman Rockwell Christmas, but you know, I've, I've adapted over the years. I've, I've, I kind of dig it. <laughs> I'm okay with it. You know, you, you, uh, you actually grow into it, you know? I will say I'm getting better at it. I don't think I'm quite there yet. Um, and, you know, we didn't have much either, Mary. We weren't, you know, we were, you know, my dad was military and my mom was a homemaker and my mom was, you know, from an immigrant family, spoke a different language till she oh, was wow. to school. And, you know, but what I do remember about the Christmases were the surprise and the mm. anticipation. And my mom and dad used to put this chart on the refrigerator with these stars. And, you know, they were like little foil stars. And every day you got a star and you might get a gold star, a silver Ooh. star, a blue star, or a red star. And okay. the red star was kind of trouble. Uh -oh. We were trying to get that gold star. And so... Um, you know, if you were naughty, you got the red star. If you were really good, you got the gold star. But there were lots of little things that had nothing to do with the presents. And I don't even remember the presents that I got. You know, I don't, that wasn't the focus. No, that's exactly right. And we all think about, um, I'm trying to think the show about Ralphie, the movie about Ralphie, where he wants the BB gun. Is it Mir Miracle? No. Uh, anyway, that Christmas movie, I'm having a 40 plus brain. Uh, sorry, sorry about that but the one where he wants to be begun you know I, I'm with you I can't remember the, like the one present that I wanted but it was always just so special you know and and even though we didn't have a lot my grandmother she would make the dish that everyone in the family their favorite dish so you could always, uh, and she was an amazing cook. I didn't get that either. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I can't do bows and I can't cook like my grandmother. But that was just, you know, the things you can do to make people feel special. They don't even really take a lot of money, you know. And, and she did. She made every single one of us feel really super special when she did that. So it's been a, that was a great thing to, great tradition to bring forward, you know. Well, and I, you know, when you think about like we deconstruct some of this stuff because today, you know, the, the images of Christmas today is just, it's so much about stuff and, yes. or going on this big old vacation and, and having all these people over. And, you know, the funniest thing is, is when I look back, all I remember was my, my, my German grandma used to make these green beans, Mary, that were so awful. Oh. They like... <laughs> You know, they were like boiled beyond recognition and mushy and they were 
come on my plate. It would look like, you know, something that come out of a pond. Yes. And my mom would be like, oh, we're so thankful we have so much to eat. And I just remember staring like, I hate those green beans. <laughs> I to get those green beans off my plate. Um, you know, but I think it's, it's, it's fun for us to reminisce, but I think it's helpful to us to remind the moms and dads out there that are providing the Christmases, especially for their kids and their family. Mm -hmm. You know, to kind of stay on target, stay on track on what's meaningful. And, you know, what we're talking about today is the meaningful parts of the holidays. We haven't, you couldn't even remember the presents. I couldn't remember the presents. Mm -hmm. It was the, the, the being together, the, the, the one special dish that, that somebody made or the, and I don't think it even mattered what the dish was. It just was that it was familiar and it re represented the holidays of getting together. Yes, exactly. And that someone had done something just for you and made you feel special, you know, um, and that's and you can do that so many ways. But and that's the beauty of it, for sure. Like you're saying, it's the family time, like, you know, living with grandparents, the other uh, aunts and uncles would come and the other uh, my cousins and we would play board games or we would, you know, play outside. And, you know, if we were really lucky, we spent uh, about five years into seeing it snowed a lot around Christmas there. And we would make, uh, you know, sl uh, sled runs and, you know, just, you're right. It wasn't the presence. It was the doing the things together. And I'll tell you, that's, it's definitely changed over the years because, you know, my, in my second marriage, um, I've only had two, but in my second marriage, I married, um, a gentleman with three kids. So I only have one child. She's 21 now, but so, the first part of her life, she was an only child. And then I married into the Brady Bunch situation. And that was a lot of fun. And I was really, really glad I was able to give her that experience. Um, that was about seven, eight years that we were um, in that family. And, and uh, it was just so much fun at the holidays, you know, um, for her to experience the big family Christmas. But then you enter the blended family Christmas, which brings its own set of complications, you know, to just to navigate you know, who gets who at what time and getting them where they need to be and, you know, that kind of stuff. All those things, it, it makes it a much different landscape these days, but you could definitely, you could definitely still make the kids feel special. And that's, you know, that's not entirely what Christmas is about, but it's definitely part of it, you know. Well, and it's part of surviving it because I think, you know, with my, I've got a situation where I've got my two kids and my dad, and then I have my, my ex-husband has remarried. So there's another family over there and there's yeah. all these, you know, that concept of family kind of keeps expanding and then it yeah. becomes scheduling. Like, you know, what time do you have to go to here? What time do you have to go to here? And I used to feel really bad about it, but then mm -hmm. I remember like when I was little, we had to go to my grandparents' house and then we went over here and, you know, okay. I think it's a lot on how you frame it. And we're going to talk more about some of these things because it can make the difference between a really painful holiday season and getting through the holiday season with as much joy as you can muster. And so I'm going to always vote for taking the joy and finding the joy in things. Um, 
We're here today with Mary Ottman and I'm Sandra Beck. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about, you know, how do we navigate these new normals, especially when Christmas doesn't even resemble what you had as a kid? Because I think a lot of us want to give our children the best of our childhood and the best of our experiences. And sometimes that's not possible because of economics, because of location, because of, of family situations. And we're going to deconstruct some of these things when we get back from the break. This is Sandra Beck and Mary Ottman. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Recently, while my family was skiing in Colorado, we were greeted by a red fox that darted out of the trees. This beautiful animal with his big bushy tail just stood in the snow and stared right at us. Maybe he smelled all the loverwort we had in our pockets. Loverwort is another word for junk and snack food. Typically, a red fox eats scrub and woodland, but this one appeared to have had his share of hamburgers and hot dogs from the chalet grill. Foxes are similar to dogs, except they are not pack animals. The female fox, or vixen, typically gives birth to a litter of 2 to 12 pups. When they are young, they all live together as a family, known as a leash of foxes. Once grown, the young foxes leave the burrow and go out to live on their own. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Mary Ottman, and we are talking about navigating the new normals during the holidays. And we're here to give you hope and inspiration for the holidays and talk about some of the things that we did that made getting through the holidays a little bit easier, especially if you have divorce or deployment or maybe you've moved to a new location and PCS, you know, to a place where you don't have strong family support or maybe you live um in an area that you're not familiar with. I mean, there's all sorts of conditions that kind of get in the way of the perfect, you know, we were calling it the normal Norman Rockwell painting, um, which we now think probably only existed in his head at the end of a paintbrush. Um, 
And I think, you know, that was one of the things that, but when my mom died and I got divorced, that happened within three months of each other. My mom died in July, or I'm sorry, my mom died in September. My divorce was final in July after 10 years. So it was a big, like crashing new normal. And I was in a new neighborhood. So I didn't have my neighbors and friends and family around me like I had in the past. And um, it was pretty miserable, Mary. It was a pretty, it was really difficult. And I wish I had handled things differently. And one of the things that I wish I had done differently, one, I would have wished I would have given myself a break, like cut myself mm -hmm. some slack on going, okay, it's not reasonable for you to do all this on your own when you're grieving in a new location. Right, right. Um, but so then I, um, I wish I had simplified things. I wish I would have picked a couple of the traditions and focused mm -hmm. on them rather than exhausting myself trying to work, work it all together. So what, what would you have told, what would you now tell yourself back then, you know, specifically like to, to let go of and not worry about what was the thing that you focused on a lot the traditions that you really honed in on and that you were like, you know, that didn't even matter. I shouldn't have even like what specific, you know, any thoughts well, there? yeah, I, I would have gotten some help, um, mm -hmm. you know, in, in subsequent years. And I know this sounds really silly, but I paid a babysitter to wrap my presents years Ooh. later. I paid the same two babysitters that I used a lot to decorate my tree oh. Because That's brilliant. They were things that needed to get done. You know, I had a, I had like a, at the time the kids, you know, at this point, the kids were like four and six, you know, like big holiday time things. Uh -huh. And I, before that I was running around like a crazy person when there were high school students and babysitters, they were so thrilled to help me. And then they got their moms to come over like, and it turned this really sad occasion into this super happy fun party. We ended up making cookies. The girls decorated. Then they brought, oh and I'm not kidding you, they brought their friends from their soccer team and their baseball team or their softball oh. team. So I had like 10 of these beautiful, happy, vibrant, wonderful, like between eighth, eighth, eighth grade and 10th grade girls oh. decorating, playing music, singing. And, you know, and I was talking to the moms and the kids were running around and it wasn't like anything I had ever envisioned, but wow. just the prospect of asking my babysitter, like, could I, could I pay you to wrap these presents? It's not getting done. Or, you know, could you or Anna, you know, help me with the tree? I'd be happy to pay you. And it was like magic. It was like somebody sprinkled Rudolph dust all over my house. Wow. You know, you were saying focusing on joy is the important thing. That just sounds like joy, having all those kids in the house and just, really getting into the Christmas spirit. Wow. And they, that does sound magical. It does. And, you know, one of the gals, she's still on Facebook, friends with me, and she's in college now. And, and she's like, oh, I still remember coming to your house, Miss Beck, and making cookies that time. We were all uh -huh. And they all felt so good helping. And I felt like I could provide my kids something. And it bolstered me. Like, I don't think there was anybody in the house that day that didn't feel uplifted and it wasn't like it cost me a fortune. It wasn't some fancy anything. I just reached out and asked for a little help, which, you know, I think a lot of us are very independent. And yes. when you were first divorced, um, I felt like I 
I almost was like self-punishing myself a bit too, but I felt like I had to do it all on my own. And if I asked for help, it was some sign of weakness, even though it's silly because we all need help. But at the time I thought if I ask for help, it'll be admission that I can't do it. And even though I couldn't do it, I didn't want to admit to myself I couldn't. I don't know. It was a really goofy time for me. Well, you know, I'm tr- I'm th- so I've got I've got two sets of divorces to think about. The first time I would say it was, you know, it wasn't necessarily that I didn't want to um, admit I needed help. I just was really private about it. I didn't want to really let people see into my world and that. You know, divorce is a, a tricky thing, right? You, because you get sometimes you get judged, and you know the friends take sides, and then they start. You don't want people talking smack about you behind your back, right? Because people are going to do that, and they just are, right? And you're you're so raw from the experience. You're like, I just want to like withdraw and not let people know, you know, what's going on here. And I know, like, you know, we're talking about Christmas, but the holiday season, like for Thanksgiving, the first my first divorce, my child was, let's see, about five years old. And so Thanksgiving, she was with her dad on Thanksgiving day. And, uh, I ended up, you know, when you first get divorced, you're looking at your four walls around you and there's no kids in the house. And you're like, what, what do I even do with myself right now? Right. And, and now it's the holidays and everybody's paired up everywhere you go. There's people in pairs. Right. So, um, I ended up, you know, I lived about two hours from Nashville. I drove to Nashville and visited some friends, but they already had holiday plans at someone else's house. So they couldn't just take me. Right. So I ended up in Cracker Barrel all by myself. And, you know, I still remember that. Okay. Okay. Let's give it up for Cracker Barrel. First of all. I love Cracker Barrel. I I love Cracker Barrel. And y'all Thanksgiving there is amazing because it's everything right down to the cranberry sauce and you do not have to do dishes. I'm just saying. So that was a beautiful, beautiful thing. But at the same time, there you are sitting at the table, but you're out with people, but you're still by yourself because you don't feel like, or I did it anyway. Don't feel like, um, you know, talking about, you don't want to go, people are going to ask questions, blah, blah. So sometimes you just want to be by yourself, but it's best to be, especially when this is new, it's better to be out among people getting that energy. So that's what I did for Thanksgiving was I went to Cracker Barrel. So. Oh, I love Cracker Barrel and they're so friendly there. And, you know, my first Thanksgiving, I had my kids, um, but mine were, were like three months old and three years old. Oh, and wow. A little baby. I, yeah, I did the dumbest thing. And I will never forget, I, I cooked this turkey because, you know, or a chicken because the turkey was too big, you know, for like two little babies and me. Right, right. And then I had like a little bowl of peas and I didn't do my grandma's green beans, but I had like this table full of food. And, you know, and, and Zachy was so little, he just threw the food all over his oh. his high chair. You know, he might've been a year old. I don't really remember, but uh-huh. you know, he was just whipping stuff around and smearing the gravy <laughs> and, you know, a max, I ate mashed potatoes and that was it. And then I just sat there and I thought, this is so depressing. Like, uh-huh. And I don't know what would have, like, looking back on it, Mary, I don't know what would have changed because I divorced my ex-husband because we didn't get along. Then he mm-hmm. wanted someone else. So it's not like his presence at the table would have been some miracle. Like, and my mom was sick with cancer in home in New York. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know what would have made it any different, but I remember sitting there looking at this chicken going, this is so stupid. Now I got to clean all these dishes, clean all this stuff. <laughs> you know, Zachy's got mashed potatoes in his hair now. And, you know, I, I didn't think about what I was doing. I just thought it's Thanksgiving. I better put a Thanksgiving meal on the table. I had the kids all bathed and cleaned and I was exhausted. And oh, man. I don't even know why I did that. Now, when I look back, I'm like, you were just, you were just gone, girl. Like, there was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, who makes a turkey dinner for toddlers. Yeah. And they would have been happy with the little jar of turkey. Or the little bitty one would have just, yeah. just a turkey right. sandwich, or you know, right. <laughs> exactly. But you know, that's the thing, right? We as parents, some kids remember things back to when they're two years old. I have no grown-ups actually that could remember back that far. Not me. I can't. Not but me. you never know which memories they're going to latch onto, and so, you know, as a parent, you want to make their holidays memorable, right? So I totally, on the one hand, I get wanting to make the meal. And on the other hand, you're right. We, we just really are so hard on ourselves, you know? Well, yeah, and, you know, I don't think I, I stopped to think either, you know, like when you're grieving and you're, you know, cause whether you're grieving your parent or your divorce or the family that could be, or your future dreams, you know, cause they're, they're right now, like, it just feels like everything's crashing in on you at yeah. that time. Um, it's really hard to sit down and think reasonably. I don't know what I would have done differently, honestly. You know, right. I would like to say it would be great that someone said, hey, you know, you don't have to make this this whole meal for you and the kids. But I think I would have done it anyway. Well, you know, I think, too, we lose um, the we lose the perspective of, you know, like my grandmother never worked. So she stayed home all day. So all her Christmas, you know, planning and preparation, she wasn't balancing a job, you know, uh, you know, and, uh, excuse me, um, those types of things. So, you know, we live in a different world than when we grew up in too, right? So the fast pace of everything and the, you know, um, it becomes a, it becomes Christmas to me before I had my radical shift, it was just a checklist. It's like, okay, I got to, well, first of all, you started the day after Christmas last year and you bought all your Christmas wrap at 50% off, right? <laughs> you started like the year before and then you're like, now where am I going to put all this stuff? So it's in a closet and now I'm over 40 and now I can't remember where I put the stuff I bought last year. To, now, now I have to go buy a new Christmas wrap because I can't find the stuff that I bought last year. So you, you get all your wrapping stuff and then you go buy and like, okay, two weeks before Christmas, I need to have my presents bought. Or, you know, what's my menu going to be? I got to invite people who's coming, where they're going to stay, you know. And, and then you throw in the, the job. Are you going out of town for work? Do you need to get child care arranged? What are, are the kids having, you know, uh, recitals and, uh, you know, the band, you know, uh, concert or, or whatever? So you throw in their social calendar, which is usually better than mine, frankly. <laughs> Oh, you know what, Mary, I got to take us to commercial break, but you're I'm right there with you, sister. Uh, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Mary Ott, and we're offering some hope for the holidays and, and some enjoyment with each other. We'll be back after the break.
We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We are saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. Residents of Alligator Point, Florida, discovered a 400-pound gabberlunzi bear raiding their garbage. They called the local wildlife authorities. The officers came out and shot the bear with a tranquilizer dart in order to move him. Unexpectedly, the frightened bear swam out into the water, where it started to drown as the tranquilizer began taking effect. Adam Warwick, an officer from the Wildlife Commission, jumped into action, swimming towards a juggernaut bear, while the other officers tried to figure out how to rescue both of them. Adam was somehow able to grab the bear and paddle 25 yards to the shore, saving the bear's life. The bear was then loaded on a truck and transported back to its home in the forest. What's the word for a last-minute attempt to get something done? A charrette. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Mary Ott, and we are giving you some hope for the holidays on how to survive it with the mistakes we've made and the choices we've made. So maybe you can make choices this holiday season that can help you not only survive your holidays, but thrive and enjoy them. Now, Mary, you were going through this hilarious checklist because you sounded just (laughs) like me. You're like, okay, you got to buy the after Christmas holiday sales. Like planning for Christmas starts like the day after Christmas. So we're talking about this checklist. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we, so now we've forgotten where we put all the wrap we bought last year. And so we have to now go buy all our wrapping stuff and, 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 and then we, okay. So then we make that list of everybody who made the cut this year, who's getting the presents. And you're like, okay, so remember how broke I got or how much debt I got on my credit card last time. I'm going to, I'm going to do better this year. Right. We always start with that goal. It never happens. So you make your list of who you're buying stuff for. And then, you know, the stores have the sale. You go, oh, I got to get up at five in the morning. And now, okay, let's face it. The Black Friday sales, like literally, they, when do they start? There is no start. They're always like on. During Thanksgiving, they're on. They're, it's online. You, you're doing all your shopping. You're running around. Now, okay, that just made me tired saying that, right? All that shopping frenzy around Black Friday. And so, but then you think about, okay, the Botanical Gardens has got the light display. I have to take my daughter to go see that. That's our thing we do every year. So we go to that, and then we, you know, 
Not to mention if you throw in any volunteer work, like, oh, I got to go shop for the Salvation Army Angel, which I love to do, by the way, especially when she was little. I will stop. Let me just add, that was a really great thing that I liked because rather than giving money, I really got to connect her with, hey, this is this is an older guy. He, oh, look, he needs socks. I bet his feet are cold. You know, you can make uh, stories around the person that you've adopted, and then they really get it, you, give, you know, you know, Give them a name if you don't know the name. And let's go shopping for Edgar, you know. And uh, if you have small children, that's kind of a fun thing to do. But you you want to pile all these experiences on and get it all done. And now, okay, I'm making this huge meal. Now I've got to go shopping for the meal. And, oh, I've got to, I've got to wash the dinnerware and have it already sparkling and on the table. You know, it's how do we create, like, fun, happy memory? Just listen to that checklist. Brutal. That, it is, it is brutal is, a, is an amazing word for that. It is. Because what we forget is we're creating all the nostalgic Christmas stuff. But, like, my grandmother did at work. She was able to do all that stuff because she stayed home all day. And literally, like, you can't do it all without help. And I absolutely love your idea about asking the babysitter to help you decorate and stuff. I never thought of that. I wish I had known you about 20 years ago. <laughs> that was a brilliant idea. But I think the whole point is, you know, you can you can put all this pressure on yourself where Christmas then just becomes this checklist. And then, you know, December 25th, you come sliding into home plate with like on fumes and you just <laughs> collapse in a heap, you know, on the plate. You're like, I'm safe. But, you know, but you, now you don't have any energy. You're totally exhausted. Did you really enjoy yourself or, or now do you are you thinking you need to go on a. A, a little mini vacation to relax from all that, but you can't because somebody's got to do the dishes and clean the house. You know, I mean, you, you burnt yourself totally out. And did you create the Christmas experience you wanted to, or did you just run around frenetically and crazily and, and just burn yourself out? You know, there's, there's a balance to be struck there, I think. Well, and make no mistake, your kids pick up on it. You know, I had like the, you know, like my comeuppance with the holiday craziness with my, my younger one, because he told my dad what he wanted last year for Christmas. He says, what do you want to get your mother? And he goes, I don't want her to be so tired all the time. Ooh. And that one, like that hurt. Like, yikes. And it, stuck with me and I thought to myself like because that still sticks this you know this year I keep thinking about like that how do I wow. how do I create a holiday for everybody that we can all enjoy where I'm not exhausted because last year like like you said sliding into home plate on the fumes like yes. I fell asleep like you know when you fall asleep in the morning after you know getting everything ready all night or you like you fall asleep like at the wrong mm -hmm. time early in the morning and you can't wake up Yes. That was me last year. I had, I don't know what I was doing, probably something stupid like adjusting the stockings or, you know, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. And then I fell asleep at like 5.30 Christmas morning and I, mm -hmm. I couldn't get up. And my son, my younger son came and woke me up and I was dead to the world. It was one of those dead wow. sleeps. Uh -huh. And I kept trying to wake myself up be like in the morning, but I couldn't really enjoy it. All this I had worked for because I was so tired. Exhausted. Oh my goodness gracious. And, and isn't it, they really, that's, that happened to me on a mother's day. The kids really just see right to the heart of the matter. My daughter gave me, 
Well, she came home from school. This was um, probably ninth, eighth, ninth grade. No, I take it back. Sixth, seventh grade. And she came home. They had done a uh, a Mother's Day card, and there were questions on there. And it's like, what does your what does your mo- mother do a lot? She's like, uh, looks at her BlackBerry. That was not a good moment. And no. then, uh, uh-uh. and then she gave me for Mother's Day. Her dad had taken her to get a few things, and she had gotten me lavender stress relief cream. And yeah, and you're like. Wow, everything was like stress related. Mom always works, all this kind of stuff, and it was it and it was absolutely true. But out of the mouth of babes, right? You realize, ooh, am I being the role model for my daughter that I want to be for her? I don't. A, I do want to teach her to be a strong, independent woman who can do what she needs to do at work, and and balance that. But I was not a role model for work life balance for sure. So you. That's the thing at, at the holidays. If you're in a high stress job and you're always on your BlackBerry and you're just you're getting getting things done, but you're not present in the moment with them, enjoying the things. You're always checking your BlackBerry or something. They see that and and I, yeah, and they they're like, "This is not the Christmas. This isn't cool, Mom." You know, and then you start getting. I don't know about you. I don't know how old your kids are, but you start getting what I call the stink eye <laughs> from your kids. Oh, yeah. You look at your are, <laughs> yeah, they're 11 and they're 14, but I just give it right back to them. Like last night, the Big Bang Theory was on, and that's what we kind of watch, like, you know, because we're really nerds in our family. And I'm like, hey, everybody, put your phones down. And Zachy was sneaking his phone by his knee. And we were so busy watching each other to see who was the first one to break and go on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> that we weren't even watching the show. I mean, it was still fun, like, you know, but it's it's teenagers, adults alike. And, you know, and my dad, he's 84. He's got his iPhone and, you know, he's wow. there with his headphones on. Oh, he listens to the Yankees game and he walks. Oh, that's awesome. He'll do the dishes and he'll do the, you know, laundry and putter around the house oh with his headphones God. on with the Yankees game. But there's a time like when all four of us are glued to our individual devices just Moving like neutrons and electrons <laughs> rotating around, around each other. <laughs> and that's who, right? That's another thing to balance with the holidays. So that's the new kind of um, environment we're dealing with is, is this technology is everywhere. You know, everywhere you go, even if you go out for dinner around Christmas time, everybody's sitting at the table looking at their phones and they're not interacting, you know? And, and I'm, Okay, so I, I I always say I'm a closet millennial. I, I should have been one. I was before my time. I love social media. I love, you know, just staying connected. I've got friends all over the world from social media. It's just so awesome. But there's nothing like in-person connections. And you can really, really take that for granted. And so, you know, being aware of that and having like a, a no phone time, a no phone zone, just for an even if it's just an hour, I mean, there's sometimes with work, you just can't, I get that, you know? Um, cause I had those jobs, uh, a job like that where, you know, you had to be on call and watching for, for, for things that happen. But at the same time, you're, what kind of memory are you leaving? If you're not, you're there, but just your body's there, your mind isn't there. You're not engaging with your kids, you know, it is something to think about, you know, because, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, my gosh, you got to put the phone down. But, you know, I live 3000 miles away from my family. Uh-huh. So 
the only way I can connect, and I've lived all over the world, Mary, and I've worked all over the world. So I didn't grow up in one small town, get married and stay in that small town. When I think of home, I have multiple homes, like or concept of home. And I think that's true of a lot of people today. So to be on your phone, like when I'm cooking, to be on my phone with, I might be talking to my sister and my cousin and my friend, Michelle, and, you know, Beverly in New Mexico, and we're all talking different exactly. conversations. Sometimes that's, that's all I get. Like I'm at work or I'm with my kids, but we all need that family time too. So I think it's one of those things that, yes, it's really important to set boundaries for that. But I think it's also really important to say to your kids or to your spouse, hey, I only get to talk to cousin Jen when we're texting, when she's cooking dinner and I'm cooking dinner and, you know, we're in, in, you know, we're 500 miles apart. We're not going to see each other probably for maybe the next two years because it's not, it's not possible. And especially like if you have been transferred for work or your military family, these are lifelines. And I have friends who attend my big toys for tots party every year. Ah. We put our iPhones on the FaceTime. Yeah, four or five FaceTime people attending the party via FaceTime. Yeah, the Facebook live streams, that type of thing. No, no, we just FaceTime. Oh, FaceTime. Oh, that's so awesome. We connect, you know, our phone to their phone, and then I set it on a stand, and people come by, and they say hi, and she's (laughs) there. That's a great idea. We live all over the world right now. We are a global community and not all of us. Like right now, one of my close friends is in London, one set in Israel, and I'm in Los Angeles. And so time zones and holidays are really important via social media or the, you know, the iPhone or the FaceTime or whatever you use. So I, but I definitely think it's got to be ground rules. And I think it's helpful when people, when my kids see I'm on the phone and not paying attention to them, I'm like, they're like, are you on with cousin Jen again? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, I am. And you know, and you can talk to your cousin, he's playing whatever. I mean, it's a new world and it's a new navigating. Um, and I think it's a compromise you know, cause I don't think it can be all or nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think having these conversations with who everybody's talking to makes a difference. Because if my kid's playing a video game or he's texting his cousin and talking about the same video game, mm-hmm. I have two really different reactions to that person being on the phone. And mm-hmm. so it's perception and it's, it's what you're doing. And um, But that's why I think openness and conversation is key. So we're going we're gonna to go to commercial break right now and we'll be back with Mary Ott and Sandra Beck giving you some hope for the holidays, giving you some ideas on what you can do and how to navigate these new normals. Check us out at militarymomtalkradio.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Our shows are available on iTunes anytime from 0-100 hours to 23-59. For now, stay right where you are. There's more Military Mom Talk Radio after these messages. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years. 
and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. is almost here and the scarecrows or tatty doolies as the scottish call them are out but halloween is all about trick-or-treating and that means candy the average american eats 24 pounds of candy a year and most of that consumption occurs around halloween what do you call a person who loves to eat a grand gozier popular costumes for this year are happy face and wink face emojis Of course, since it's a presidential election year, there are various costume choices for those who wish to dress up as Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton or Republican candidate Donald Trump. If you ask me, the only thing scarier than Halloween this year is the presidential election. What's another word for the fear of Halloween? Sam Hainophobia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. This is Sandra, and I'm here with Mary, and we are talking about uh, navigating the holidays, how to have hope and joy in the holidays. And one of the things that I've learned was to choose my battles or to strategize differently. And Mary, my step or no, not even my step, they're my kids' stepbrothers or step family. Um, I didn't remarry and I, I didn't blend anything. Uh, I'm not good at sharing, so I knew that. <laughs> and I'm probably not your optimal blender. Um, so what I did when the kids were little um, is we ended up having two Christmases. And because the kids were little and when they got a little bit older and they still believed in Santa, I would be like, okay, kids, we got to sit down and write a letter to Santa to tell Santa to come early this year. And so we would do our full traditional holiday on a weekend that I knew I had the kids uninterrupted and then they would have Christmas at their dad's and then when they got a little bit older um, we we swapped out that tradition to say okay Santa just brings one present and I'd wrap it in gold paper and all the other presents would be in multicolored paper so we knew what was the Santa and the Santa Ah, that's smart Um, something that either the dad and I both paid for because it was expensive or I got my brothers and sisters to collaborate on a gift that was out of my budget. Um, And that would be the Santa one because then it wasn't an issue of mom's presents are better than dad's presents or blah, blah, blah. So having that Santa present wrapped in gold wrapping paper and everything else was, you know, the colorful stuff was a really helpful tip. Um, but when they were little, having our own Christmas and letting Santa know that he should come to our house on Saturday. So the following Saturday, he could come to dad's house. Ah, um, that's smart. That helped a lot. And and knowing, like picking your battles, because it is so hard. Christmas Eve was always in mass at our house. And then we opened our presents in the morning. Well, in the new step family scenario, on the dad's side, it was open the presents at night and we don't go to church. And so 
trying to make those two work, there wasn't any middle ground and we could either battle or we could both retreat to our corners and have our holiday on the weekend. Yes. And and it's such a, it's such a juggle. Um, because, well, first of all, I was lucky in that, uh, my, my divorce was amicable. Now, clearly that doesn't mean like we were best buddies or we would have still been married. Right. So there were still like things to work through, but it wasn't like this total, some people just get into that horrible power struggle of it's, you know, get the divorce papers out. I get them this year and you don't, can't see them at all. And that's, that's like a whole different thing. Right. But, you know, first of all, you talked about having Santa. So it's just kind of interesting. I've just got a funny story about that. There's the, like, when do you tell them there is no Santa? That's another quandary every year, right? And so I saw that, but one year my daughter came home and she, uh, she might have been about nine or ten. And I, she, she gives me that look like she's heard something, right? She's sizing me up and she looks at me with this kind of questioning face. And she says, Mom, is Santa real? And I looked at her and I said, well, Kayla, all I know is that if you don't think he's real, he stops coming. And she never asked me another question about Santa. <laughs> and, she oh, kept getting, and she gets Santa gifts to this day. So that was how I avoided the whole talk. I didn't want to lie. But <laughs> at the same time, you know, so that was how I got around that. But I think, you, you know, know we, I don't mean to interrupt, but can I tell you what a mom gave me years ago that has worked real well, too? Yeah. What's that? Um, she's, and I did this with my kids and it did work out nicely up until like nine or 10 years old, you know, this, this Santa is the Santa. Then when they got older, I said, well, here's the thing. When you're little, it's hard to understand the spirit of giving and that, you know, that's like spirit sounds like a ghost and it's scary and weird. And so, you know, Santa represents the, the love and joy of the holiday season, the giving spirit. And when you get older, when you talk about Santa, you know, from you guys that are big boys now, you know, 10 and then 12 years old, you guys are big kids now. It's the spirit of Santa. It's the spirit of giving and what Santa represents. So when you're little, you know, he's a jolly fat red, you know, suited guy. And when you're older, you are mature enough to understand the spirit of giving and what Santa represents. And that way you never have to get into real or not real because the spirit of giving is very real any way you slice it at any age. That is, that is so great. I love that because, you know, that, that we get into like Christmas is in the heart and, and, and all that. So that, what a great transition from that for your kids. That's a perfect tra- segue for them. Yeah. I mean, it worked for me and it worked for her and, you know, but Santa isn't real. You're not getting anything. <laughs> I know. No more it's, extra presents for you. No presents for you. But yeah, I mean, it's, that's the fun of it. And, you know, I think too, I get the religious implications, you know, and I get all these things, but at the heart of it is also fun. Yes. It, 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 that's to me, that's, you want to create fun holiday memories and however you do that. And, you know, we were talking about the checklist. If you get what to embedded in your checklist, it just sucks the fun out of it. Right. And that's kind of, it's not the whole point, but that's that to me, it's like pick the feeling you want your your loved ones, your family, your kids to walk away from from the holidays and then create whatever experiences you can that are going to leave them with that feeling. 
that's well, I want you to bring up that cookie thing because I think being flexible that was a great can you just tell the cookie story I can I can so the thing with um blended families is as you come in you're this so I had three step kids and my own kid well you know, I don't have control over the stepkids schedule, right? They would, you know, they'd work it out with their dad and their mom. And then I just kind of get the memo when it's done. And that's the way it should be. I wouldn't want somebody, you know, that's it. It worked out fine, but it was a little frustrating because I couldn't really plan anything. And the, the worst case for that was because I wanted to create like blended memories, like where we would all get together and go, you know, go see the Christmas lights or whatever. So we would have our own little set of traditions. Well, the worst case of me not being able to plan was I asked um, one night, I asked my stepdaughter, I was like, Hey, I'm making cookies. What's your favorite kind of cookie? And I'll make your cookie for you trying to do something nice for her. And she told me chocolate chips. So I put them in and literally before the timer went off, she had gotten an invitation to go somewhere and like left the house and was totally gone. <laughs> I was like in the 11 minutes or however long it took the cookies to bake. I couldn't even make a plan 11 minutes in advance because it would change on me. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we, I've got to do something differently here because dadgummit, I would have made snickerdoodles if I'd have known <laughs> she wasn't going to be here, you know? <laughs> Well, and so, it's not intended to, but it hurts. Like you're trying to do something nice for somebody and then they skip out the door, whether they're your kid or somebody else's yes, kid. Yes. It, it hurts because you're trying to do something nice. And I think that flexibility, it's really hard to plan anything. It really is. And and what I do there, what I ended up doing was saying, okay, you know, let's let's face it. The kids end up with potentially four sets of grandparents Christmases, Christmases on both sides, any kind of friends that are having parties. I mean, they end up with like double the schedule we've got, right? And so um, that's that's a lot. And they get overwhelmed with so many presents, like so much food to eat, so much. It's a lot of pressure on those guys, right? So what I did was I thought about it. Okay, I'm going to look at this as the month of December. And if I pick something early in the month, there's a lot better chance that I'll get my goal of us all having a great experience together. So I would look at the first or second week of December and pick, you know, when they were going to all be there. Because his kids and my daughter they had different um custody agreements where mine came every other week theirs came like uh, weekends and then one week was I mean it was just crazy right so you know pick that time you're all going to be there earlier in the month when the pressure's not on yet and you can have that family experience and you as the step parent can can feel good about creating a good memory together (laughs) but and not have the you know the last minute change and because you end up feeling like oh well my event wasn't as cool as the event somebody else came up with. So you're just going to go, you know, I'm, it's feel, it starts to feel like a competition for who's having the best party. And then that's where they, you know, and you don't want to get into that. That's not, that's not the point either. I wanted them just to have fun. Right. Well, so, and they can't eat four turkeys in a day. Like this is one thing that yeah. I found out. Like I love, like we do the birthday month or this is Thanksgiving month. And, you know, I learned this from my friend Christy, whose husband is a firefighter and he might have to go on a fire for eight days. And, you know, a fire doesn't respect the holiday calendar. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. 
she was like, you know, it's not the end of the world. Or my friend Denise, who's an emergency room nurse. And if there's a catastrophe, she's got to go in and help. So um, watching these other families be flexible on when is, you know, does it have to be December 25th? Does it have to be Thanksgiving Day? Or can it be Thanksgiving week? Or I always say to the kids, hey, this is your birthday month. That way, the pressure to be mom or dad on that specific birthday. I mean, we have the birthstone month. There's you know something you can point to on the internet that says, hey, we can celebrate the whole month. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the stone tells me it's okay to do that. Um, but being some flexible on that allows you to enjoy. And if your kid has a turkey on one Saturday and one Thursday and a week ago, Friday, that's a lot better than trying to stuff in two or three turkey dinners in a day. It really is. And I'll tell you, I started throwing in Mexican. You know, I would make enchiladas or something just to be, because you do get turkeyed out. Like you can only eat so much of that stuff, right? And and just making their favorite meal, whatever that was, kind of like my grandmother used to do, right? You know, that's that also mixes it up. It makes your event different. And it's not just another plate of turkey and dressing, right? Or, or whatever. And you're not competing. Like, I'm sorry, enchiladas and stuffing don't compete. And no, <laughs> it, it, and it allows, it allows you to also participate in a way that's not indirectly putting you in the competition with the mother. Cause that, exactly. that is really tough. And when it comes to presents and gift giving and, you know, you might have some rich sister or some wealthy, you know, half stepbrother, you know, it does feelings do get hurt and complicated and it's not as easy to just say as we all need to be adults here. We do, but we don't have to, we don't have to make it any more difficult than it is. So I hope that everybody listening to Mary and myself today will kind of look at the holidays in a new light and kind of get some good ideas on what could work for you so everybody can enjoy themselves the best possible. We'll be back again next week with another great episode. Thanks for tuning in to Military Mom Talk Radio. Want more information? Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on iTunes for more than 200 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom.